Happy New Year's Eve Eve. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I can barely imagine that it's actually 2023, let alone the end of 2023 and heading into 2024. It's been a crazy year. Um, you know, we still have a global pandemic that no one cares about anymore. Uh, we've got two major conflicts in the world, let alone the conflicts in our own lives, relationship struggles, uh, challenges in our workplace, uh, challenges in our family, challenges with health, with our own personal walk. But as believers in Jesus Christ, one of the things that we can hold on to that is our anchor is Jesus himself, is the fact that we serve a God who doesn't change and who remains faithful to his people. And he is always worthy of all of our praise. So as we enter into this new season, into this new year, can I invite you to commit ourselves to worship our God, to praise him, to lift Him high in our lives, just, not just in our song like what we're going to be doing right now, but with all of our lives. So can I invite you to stand as we sing together? The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy. In love. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh 
because you are a faithful God. We thank you because you are a loving God. We praise you because you are the eternal God. We love you, O Lord, because you have saved us and called us your own. We thank you, O Lord, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome once again to Subi Church. Before you take your seat, why don't you turn to someone next to you as well and greet them. come now for a time of communion, an opportunity for you to reflect on what the Lord Jesus has done. On Monday, on Christmas Day, we celebrated the birth of Jesus, our Saviour, and this evening we share in his death. Uh, If you read a biography of a famous person, and you may have received a biography for Christmas, a sports person or a famous person, uh, the focus, when you read that biography, the focus is not their death. Certainly, if you read an autobiography, the focus is not their death. But if you read an autobiography, the focus is not their death. But this is not the case for Jesus, is it? When you read Jesus' four biographies, a large chunk of the biography is focused on Jesus' death. That is very unusual for a biography. It's quite apparent as you read the biographies of Jesus that Jesus came to die. The reason he was born was in order that he might die for sinners like you and me. He took his first breath in a humble food trough for a cradle. He took his last breath on a shameful cross. And he did that for you and for me. And this was all necessary for our salvation. God had orchestrated all this before the beginning of time, which boggles the mind. He orchestrated it before the beginning of time. Just as God orchestrated the star in the sky to bring the Magi to Bethlehem, so he orchestrated the death of his son before the beginning of time because it was the only way that you and I be saved he had to orchestrate it otherwise you and I would not be saved it is through the death of Jesus alone that you and I can have a relationship with the living God and so God orchestrated it before the beginning of time so that you and I might come into a living relationship with him Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me So let us reflect on the death of Christ. Let us come before the Lord and confess our sins to him in the quietness of our own hearts. Father, as this year draws to a close, we are ever aware of our sinfulness, of those things that we do that don't please you. And Lord, we confess them to you right now. And we thank you 
that you, before the beginning of time, orchestrated the death of your Son so that our sins could be forgiven, that they could be wiped clean. And we thank you for the death of the Lord Jesus. And we thank you that as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our transgressions from us. And we come to the table, Lord, and we eat and we drink with confidence that our guilt has been removed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask the first few rows to stand. Please come and take the bread, take the cup. There's a little map behind me if you need to know where to go. If you're visiting, hold on to the bread, hold on to the cup, and we'll take them together in just a few moments. The Lord Jesus was born for us at Christmas in order to die for us at Easter. Let us, let us take and eat. And God orchestrated the death of his son before the beginning of time because it's the only way that you and I might be saved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can I invite you to stand as we sing our next song?
gave on the cross. Thank you that through that sacrifice, we have hope, we have life. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take a seat. Thank you, Dan, and the worship team for leading us in that time of singing. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Subi Church. It's great to see you. We've now come to our very last time of Scripture at Subi for the year 2023. This year, all the verses we've been reciting have been focused on the attributes of God. And we won't recite them all today, uh, but I think it's good to be reminded of what the verses have taught us about God this year. So in order of the month, starting from January, we've learned that God is holy, God is good and faithful, He is transcendent, merciful, immutable or unchanging, God is wise, God is sovereign, gracious, almighty, and this month our verse from the book of Matthew teaches us that God is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So let's say this verse together. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Beautiful. And we'll be continuing with scripture at Subi next year. We'll explore a new theme, so stay tuned for that. Once again, welcome to Subi Church. If we haven't met before, my name is Kanaina, and I'm part of the ministry team here at Subi. If you've come back to visit us after the Christmas services last weekend, it's really great that you're able to join us. And to get better connected into the church, we'd love for you to fill in a connect card that looks like this, and you might find one on your seat or nearby you. We also have some QR codes in the back of the auditorium for you to scan in and send one in online. And for our regulars, as you know, you can get in touch with us using these connect cards as well. Another important part of our worship to God is the giving of our offering. It's a way for us to financially support gospel work here at Subi. And so we worship God with our offering. You can do so by dropping off your offering in the offering box in the back of the auditorium, or you can do so online. There should be some instructions for how to do that also just in the cubby hole there. So let's just take a moment to pray for our giving. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you that in this month we've, we get to reflect on his coming to us in flesh to die on the cross, to save us, and to give us life in him. With our givings, Lord, we ask that, you would be, that they would be used wisely for your gospel work. Please help us to be good stewards of what we've been blessed with, that our givings may be a blessing to your people and to those around us who are in need. All this we pray. Amen. All right, we have some upcoming events to announce today. Firstly, we'll be having a time of prayer and reflection as we finish up the year 2023. We'll be coming together to spend some time giving thanks to God for his faithfulness to us this year, and we'll also be committing 2024 into God's hands. So everyone is most welcome to join in. This will be happening tomorrow evening, 7 to 8 p.m., just outside in the church cafe. Next, throughout the month of January, we'll be running a course called Christianity Explained. You might find a leaflet um, on, on your seat or next to you on that. So over three sessions, we'll be looking at the Gospel of Mark. 
and what Mark shows us about Jesus and Christianity. So if over the Christmas period you've heard about Jesus but you want to know more and you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, we welcome you to attend this course. You're also, um, you're also most welcome to invite somebody who you think would be interested. So these sessions are one hour long and they will run on Sundays after the 10.45 service and it, they'll be running upstairs. Lunch will be provided, so please RSVP to let us know that you're coming. You can use the Connect card to do that. So the course starts on Sunday the 14th of January, and that's in two weeks' time. Lastly, we've had another new addition to our church family this month. A big congratulations to Pete and Paige Rogers on the birth of their baby girl. Her name is Peyton Sylvia Tracy Rogers. Yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> um, Peyton is Pete and Paige's first daughter, um, and apparently the first girl in 60 years in their family. And she's a little sister to Jacob, Hunter, and Paxton. So let's keep their family in prayer as they adjust to life now as a family of six. Those are all the announcements we have for today. Shall we now come before the Lord in prayer as we prepare our hearts to hear from God's word? I'll lead us. Dear Heavenly Father, you are our almighty Father God. We praise you as the creator and ruler of all. You are the one who gives us breath. You give breath to all creation, the one who makes the sun rise each morning, the one who upholds and sustains our world. You are the one who has given us salvation through your son, who died on the cross so that we would be reconciled to you. Lord, we come before you today to worship you. And Lord, we're also grieved by our own sins. We pray for the transformation of our hearts by the power of your spirit. Convict us, Lord, of the sins in our lives and help us to repent of them. We turn to you in joy and gladness that you have loved us and given us your son. Despite our sin and rebellion, you've poured out your grace upon us and called us into your family through the gospel. Not only that, Lord, you've sent your spirit to dwell within us, convicting, comforting, and changing us to be more like your son. Father, we thank you for the Christmas services that have happened at our church and also around the world as we celebrated the glorious birth of Jesus. We pray that your spirit will move and work powerfully in everyone who attended these services, showing them your goodness, your grace, and love through the precious gift of your Son. For those who don't yet call you their Lord and Savior, we pray, Lord, that you would draw them close to you. May they come to know and to love you and be transformed by the power of your Spirit. Lord, we also thank you for the past year. It's been a year of significant events in our world, in the life of our church and in this congregation. Lord, we know that you are in control of all things and you are the one who is sovereign over history. Lord, would you help us to continue to turn to you and to keep our eyes on Jesus. We pray that we would continue to trust in you as our refuge and strength, our rock and our redeemer as we enter the new year 2024. We commit this coming year into your hands, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would speak today through our guest preacher, Mike, as he brings us your word. May we have open ears and soft hearts as we hear the proclamation of your gospel. May our hearts be changed, and may we seek you and to glorify you in all that we do. 
In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. I'll just invite Wendy to come up for the Bible reading. Good evening. My name is Wendy, and I will be reading our scripture reading today. That is taken from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. If you are able, I invite you to stand with me as we read from God's word. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. You may now take a seat. Good evening, church. I'd just like to introduce our guest speaker this evening. This is Mike Rater. Mike uh, was one of my lecturers at uh, Moore College in Sydney. He was my third favourite lecturer, and so I'm really happy that uh, you're here this evening. Um, He has... uh, David was my... (laughs) In my top 500. (laughs) Uh, So uh, he has four kids... Uh, Four adult kids all over the world. I know he doesn't look old enough to have adult kids, but don't let his youthful looks fool you. He is the director... still the top 500, mate. (laughs) He's a director for the Centre of uh, Biblical Preaching based in Melbourne, so he teaches others how to preach. So no pressure this evening. Whenever you say you teach others how to preach, there's always a little bit of pressure on you. Um, But we're so thankful that you are here this evening. Um, uh, any of those things about my preaching you don't like? <laughs> Just take it up with Michael. But uh, thank you so much for bringing your, uh, God's word to us this evening. Pleasure, Dave. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me uh, here in lovely Perth. I've come from, from Melbourne where it was wet and 21. So nice to be in warm Perth. Let me pray as we turn to God's word. Uh, Father, thank you. Your word is living and active. Thank you that your word speaks to our minds and our hearts and our souls. We want to hear you speak tonight, not the words of a man, but the words of the living God, that we might indeed be deeply thankful to you and all you've done. Amen. Um, Some years ago, uh, my cousin, Kathy, uh, worked for Saudi Arabian Airlines, uh, part of the cabin crew, and she was on the London to Jeddah route. Based, I, mean, th- I think, in London. And one time, her mother, my auntie Jean, went to London to meet Kathy off the plane and do some shopping together. In the morning, while in the hotel, her phone rang from a friend who said, Jean, I've just heard the news, and it said that a Saudi airliner en route from Jeddah to London has blown up midair. And I knew Kathy was flying, and I just wondered. Well, you can imagine Jean's heart sank. 
She rang around, and sure enough, Kathy's flight had blown up midair. Now, Jean wasn't at all religious. In fact, she was scornful of, of faith. But facing the likely death of her daughter, she did what most people would do. She prayed and made more inquiries. It turned out that the day before, another member of the crew said to Kathy, Kathy, I need to get to London urgently. Can we switch shifts? And she took Kathy's place on that fateful flight. Kathy did life today working as a doctor. Now, Jean told me all this. Now, what Jean did next, I found striking. See, I went, I walked the streets of London to find a church. Went inside, I think, a Catholic church. Didn't say what happened, but I, I think went inside and kind of paid her dues to God. Then walked out and didn't give God another thought for the rest of her life. Now, I find that really interesting. Here's a woman who knows, in a, in a deep down, she knows there's a God, and a God, she believes, hears prayer, is loving, and may have mercy on her. And she knows that she must give thanks. She has an obligation to give thanks. Remember uh, back in 2014, the Malaysian airliner, MH17, that was blown up over Ukraine, shot down by the Russians, remember that? There were a couple from Adelaide who were meant to be on that flight, and the last minute... They postponed their flight till later. The press asked them, how do you feel? They said, we feel more thankful than lucky. Jean was thankful. Yet she did it once in her life. And God blessed her. She was a wealthy woman. God blessed her long life. Yet once in her life, she said, thank you. I think that's wicked. I think she sums up what Paul says in Romans 1 about men and women that although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give him thanks. The great Russian writer Dostoevsky said about humanity, if he is not stupid, he is monstrously ungrateful. Phenomenally ungrateful. In fact, I believe the best definition of man is the ungrateful biped. So what do I speak on for the last weekend in the year? Whether it be in a good year or a bad year, I think to end on a note of being thankful isn't a bad note to end on. So that's our theme this evening, of being thankful through the lens of Luke 17. This lovely story of the power and goodness of Jesus. As he makes his way from up north in Galilee, down through the hated Samaria, to Jerusalem where, as you know, he'll suffer and die and rise again. He goes into a nameless village, meets ten lepers. Now, he's told a story earlier on in the Gospel about a leper, and you wonder, why, Luke, why repeat yourself? The earlier story in chapter 5 said this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy, when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, 
but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. This is a similar story, not the same, but similar. So Luke, why repeat the same, same event twice? What's, what's your point? We'll see in a moment. The first thing you see, of course, is the size of the miracle. Here, here are ten lepers, a colony of lepers. And uh, I think they've heard of, of our Lord's reputation. This, this man heals people. This has the power more than yes, is, is the compassion. He, he, he can and he will heal us. So I think with some excitement, they meet him. And they speak to him from a distance. Because, of course, leprosy wasn't just a physical disease, it was a social disease. You were cast out, you were, you were ostracized. It, it was a living death. Now, if you get a phone call from your doctor, and he says, I've got the results back from your test, what you dread to hear is, I'm sorry, you've got the big C. You've got cancer. Back then, what you dreaded to hear was, I'm sorry, you've got the big L. You've got leprosy. From that point on, your life was over. Just think. You kiss your wife for the last time. Hug your kids for the last time. Maybe you'll see them again. Wouldn't be there for their birthdays, their weddings. No more dinner with your friends next door. No more shopping in the street. No more going to synagogue or going to the temple. Your life was, to all intents and purposes, over. And here's they, they meet a man who can change all that. But what's striking, unlike chapter 5, he doesn't touch them. He gives them a test of faith, actually. He said, now you've heard of my power to heal. You've heard of my compassionate heart. Just take me at my word. Go, show yourself to the priest. Just believe you're healed. That, that would take some faith, wouldn't it? That would take some faith. Just to believe it. And they do. They go and set off. If you saw them, hey guys, where are you going? Oh, we're going to show ourselves to the priest. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror lately, guys? Seen the, the rabbit skin? Seen the sores? You've been out in the sun too long. Someone's playing a cruel game on you. Then the amazing words, and as they went, they were made clean. This story is more dramatic than the earlier one. But still, why, why has Luke put it here? Now he tells us why. Ten men are healed. Ten men experience the power and grace and goodness of Jesus. Ten men believe the word of Jesus. Nine continue on their way. Ten see they're healed, one perceives he's healed. One understands the implications of the healing. Another Russian writer was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. 
famous, won the Nobel Prize. He was in a cancer ward and was sent home to die of cancer. He wrote this. This is 1954. I did not die. With a hopelessly neglected and acutely malignant tumour, this was a divine miracle. I could see no other explanation. He knew from that point on his life was built around serving God. Solzhenitsyn saw and perceived a healing. My auntie saw and never perceived. Ten men are happy they're healed. One is grateful. And that one lifts up his voice spontaneously in praise to God. And that one was a Samaritan. Some years ago, I met a young couple who came out from China to Sydney to study at a married couple, studied at Sydney University. They came out atheists, and while here, became Christians. I interviewed them one time in church, and I said to you, I said to them, what, what's ha- what changed since you became a Christian? And he said to the crowd, I used to hate Japanese people. Now, if you know the history of World War II and, and the Japanese and the Asians and China, what the Japanese did, record they killed up to 30 million Asians. They took 150,000 Korean women and girls as sex slaves and raped them repeatedly. Here's a young Chinese couple, maybe never met a Japanese person, actually, but have picked up generations of ethnic hatred and they hated them. Then he said, but now we love them. The Lord is doing this miracle to Koreans in World War II. He would have said, and this one was, a soldier in the Japanese Imperial Army. The one you despise, the one you see as a pagan, that one understood, perceived, and praised God. The psalmist sang, You turn my mourning into dancing. You've taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Ten men had their mourning turned into dancing. Ten men had their soul garments of disease and ostracism and impurity taken off. And they were clothed with life and joy. Yet nine, all Jews, all chosen people, stayed silent. And one of Samaritan gave thanks to God and became the psalmist. So the Lord asked the obvious question. Weren't ten healed? Were the other nine? The only one to come back this, we'd say today, this ethnic, this pagan, this outsider. If you know Luke's Gospel, this, this is a great theme in Luke's Gospel. Summed up in our Lord's words, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. 
Who's the model of love in Luke's gospel? A good Samaritan. Jesus prayed one time, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. A man had two sons. One spent his life on the inside, at the end, ended up on the outside. The other, a younger one, a prodigal, ended up on the inside. The rich man and a beggar Lazarus. And Lazarus is in paradise. The rich man in Hades. Two men went to the temple to pray. Pharisee, a tax collector. That one went home justified. Ten lepers, one an outcast, understands and perceives. And Jesus says to him, go your way, your faith has saved you. Ten were healed, one was saved. Ten received physical blessings, one received physical spiritual and eternal blessings. And he showed that by being thankful. Great mark of saving faith. Thankfulness. I have a friend who a while ago was talking to a woman who wasn't a believer, and he told her she was a sinner, which didn't go down all that well. And he said to her, you're an evil woman, and God's angry with you. And she was quite upset. She said, I'm, I'm not evil. I'm a good person. Now, she was an expectant mum, about to have her first child. So, oh, I see you're having a baby. Yes, yeah, she said, we're very excited. So, well, let's imagine the child's born. Let's imagine it's a boy. You go through nine months of carrying the child and delivery. The baby's born. You're so joyful. You're so excited. But from the moment he's born, he doesn't even look at you. Never gives you an adoring glance. Never hugs you, never kisses you. When he can, when he can talk, he never says, never says, I love you. Never says, thank you. Never calls you mummy. He just takes and takes. He's not a bad boy. He keeps his room clean, does the chores, does his homework. He's popular at school. But you as much as don't even exist. As soon as he can, he leaves home. What would you call such a child? She says, such a child would be a monster. So he said to her, when was the last time you said to the God who's given you everything, I love you? When did you last call him father? When did you last say to him, thank you? She said, well, I've, I've never done that. Well then, what does that make you? What did Dostoevsky say about humanity? Monstrously ungrateful. I think Perth is lovely. I'm a fan of Perth. What lovely weather. What a lovely safe city. 
just turn the corner and those lovely restaurants full of fantastic food and I just get clean water from the taps. I lived in a land where all my taps are full of dirty water. Clean water from the taps, I breathe in fresh air. Have an amazing healthcare system. I've got a daughter in Germany and a son in the States, a daughter about to go to Spain. And I talk to them face to face on WhatsApp and Zoom. It blows my mind. I got here today on my GPS. GPS blows me away. <laughs> blows me away. All in the end from God. We're so blessed and so thankful, aren't we? For what we have. Yeah, the, Aussie, the average Aussie wakes up every day. Just go to a restaurant and watch them before they eat. Who bows her head to say thank you? Hardly anybody. Monstrously ungrateful. And we as believers, of course, are doubly grateful. For a while, I worked as the principal of a Bible college in Melbourne. One of my staff was a guy called Steve. He's an assistant registrar. Not a, a big salary. We didn't pay big salaries at the college, and a small salary. Had a house with a mortgage, wife, two kids, and a car that had done 450,000 kilometres. And it broke down. Surprise, surprise. He took the car to a mechanic who said to him, Steve, this car has a terminal disease. I can get it running again. It cost you a thousand bucks, but no guarantees it can break down again. This, this car has not long to live, but a thousand bucks, I, I can fix it for you. Steve had to have a car to get to work. Couldn't get a tram or a train. He didn't have a thousand bucks. So he came to me as his boss for a loan. I don't know about you. I find loans tricky. <laughs> I mean, what, he's already on a small salary. Take out more each month, and what if he leaves and can't pay it back? It just gets... So I sent an email around all the staff and said, this is Steve, he's his car repaired. If you want to give money, put it in the office by, by Friday. I called Steve on Monday. I said, Steve, I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is, I can't give you a loan. The good news is, I can give you a car. Here's $9,000. I kept his email. Words aren't enough to express how I feel. Blessed and humble by what you've done. And I pray earnestly that the Lord will bless you 100-fold for the sacrifice you have made to provide this gift for us. All I can truly say is thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And he said that with tears in his eyes. Now, I want you to imagine it wasn't his car, but his house. And the bank said, Steve, 100,000 by Friday or we take back your house. And it came to me for a loan. I had to see if I can't. I got bad news, good news. The bad news is I can't give you a loan. The good news is I can pay off your house. Imagine that email. Or imagine it's his kidney. I said, Steve, I 
I've got two. Take one of mine. Imagine that email. Imagine, this is a bit far-fetched, but imagine it was his heart and he came for help. That is Steve Martin, good working order, take my heart. Imagine that email. That leper met Jesus, he thought, coincidentally on his way to Jerusalem. He didn't know he was going there. To die for him to make him clean, both on the outside and the inside. To make him brand new and give him eternal life. To give him his heart. And we know that. Sometimes too well. Every Sunday we remember that and it can become a little bit familiar and lose its wonder that he did that and how thankful we are. Some years ago I wrote a book on singing. And uh, you, you will know this, many of the old hymns were written out of a crucible of pain and suffering. Like a hymn by a man, a German pastor of the 17th century, called Martin Rinkart. He lived in a small German town called Eilenburg. When he began his work there, the Thirty Years' War broke out. German armies would come through and just devastate the land, leaving the people impoverished. Then in 1637, the Black Plague broke out. In the town were four pastors. One fled, he buried the other two. He regularly buried people at the rate of 50 a day. In one year he buried 4,450 people, including his wife. We've been through a pandemic, but nothing like that. I mean, Dave's a pastor. Imagine, I don't know how many people you bury in a year. You bury a few, I guess. 50 a day. 4,500 men, women, children. The grief is unimaginable. Then famine struck. Shops were empty. They came to his door begging for food. He died, and the next year the war ended. His whole work spent over the span of a 30-year war. Incredible suffering. But you old folk will remember him for him, he wrote. Now thank all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom this world rejoices who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. And I figure if Pastor Reichardt, in the midst of the Black Plague, can sing that song, I shall came in Perth in 2023. The great Saint Augustine said that a Christian is a hallelujah from head to foot.
I love that. I don't know about your 2023. Mine was a good year. Yours is perhaps one to forget. But whatever. We have so much to thank Jesus for. You've turned our mourning into dancing. You've taken off my sackcloth and clothed us with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, we will give thanks to you ever. And God's people said, Amen. Let me pray. Father, you have indeed put a song in our hearts. And we do thank you and praise you again. You, you, we learned at Sunday school to count our blessings, name them one by one, and be surprised at what you've done. And you've done so much for us. And we're so thankful. I'm going to show this not just with our lips and our songs, but in our lives too. So please, gracious, generous, glorious Father, Receive our thanks and praise, for you are worthy of all glory and honor, for you are so good to us. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Can we stand together as we give thanks to our God and praise Him for all He's done for us?
Mike, our guest speaker, for bringing God's Word to us this evening. If you uh, would like some prayer uh, for anything that's going on in your life, I know for some of us here tonight we have um, quite serious things going on in our lives, and if you'd like some prayer for that, there'll be some people up the front who'd love to pray for you. I hope that you've seen tonight that uh, whatever you're going through, we can thank God, and we have so much to thank Him for. Let's finish with a benediction. Lord, I pray for each precious person here today, that each one of us might be a hallelujah from head to foot. We thank you for the Lord Jesus and all that he's done. And I pray, Lord, that you would show us again and again what he has done in a clearer way. Please bless us as we leave in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next week.